Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. And we got some programming notes here. So it's still going to be same podcast, but we got the uh, request from our bosses to ramp it up to two podcasts a week, twofold here. One, to, to make it more part of your daily, weekly work routine, you know, something that you, you're checking in on more. Uh, but two, in hopes to make these things more focused, usually we have half the podcast that we spend talking about, well, say last week we talked about the basketball season. And then the second half we talked about some of the spring storylines and, and the depth chart and things like that. They want to see what what it seems like with those separate. So maybe it'll be a little bit more focused. Maybe we can go a little bit more in-depth on some things. Uh, and then, you know, this will also give us a chance to maybe do some post-game wrap-ups or some, you know, say this, this next week, we might do one talking about the spring game. And then we'll do one talking about NBA draft decisions and Michigan's Michigan basketball heading into next year. So general gist, maybe a little bit more focused instead of here's – 20 things in an hour it's like here's here's a couple key things that are all themed and then in two days we'll have something else so we're gonna have a podcast today uh the other one probably going to do thursday i'll be solo for that one for this one uh, we did a pre-recorded segment with steve and uh well let's just get right to it so we have steve he we did this pre-recorded he's he's on out of town this week but we're gonna break down we had the earlier in the year in february we broke down a few of the offensive position groups kind of the key questions, it was supposed to be like a pre-spring preview, so obviously this one will be with a little bit more info. But we'll look at two or three key questions at each defensive position group. Uh, this should be, we have more info now. So let's start up front. Up front, you know, we've we've heard, uh, I mean, this is, this is a thin group. They lost Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, Aubrey Solomon, Brian Monet, Lawrence Marshall. All multi-year contributors, not... You know, well, I guess Aubrey Solomon was like a year and a half, but still, that's that's a lot of shoes to fill. Uh, they they do have Carlo Kemp. I think that's probably the one player I have the fewest questions about because he was basically a starter last year. Uh, Michael Dwumfor, we've now heard is is injured. Uh, don't expect it to carry over into the fall. Uh, I guess you never know. They they haven't. The concern is that they haven't really seen much progress, but I don't think that means that he's out for five more months. Uh, it just might mean that it's, you know, they're trying to figure out what his path to health is. But biggest question, I think, I mean, you have two defensive ends who who are probably going to be top 50 NFL draft picks in Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary. Who, how well can that be replaced you know how easy is, can that be to replace? Be replaced because NFL teams put a lot of stock into good pass rushing defensive ends. I mean they've got Quiddy Pay, they've got Mike Dana coming at some point. Josh Uche is a guy who can get to the quarterback. Uh, he's a Sam linebacker according to Harbaugh right now. Steve, I mean, you know, there's other guys though. How do you feel like Luigi Villain? Don't know much about what he could do at Michigan. Julius Welshoff, a guy. Uh, oh, but there is one guy, Aiden Hutchinson. So I'm curious, how easy do you think, or how possible is it to replace what Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich brought? So I actually think, like, how do you say it? Like, maybe uh, maybe one and two won't be as strong 
as okay. one and two was last year, but I think one through like five or one through six. The true rotation. Particularly, yeah. Particularly one through four, I think could be really, really good. Um, and I, I, don't we kind of throw Uche in there? I know he's technically not a defensive end, but he pretty much, we're talking about guys that get to the quarterback, right? I mean, that's yeah, me, for that's, pass rushing, yes. Yeah. He's basically an end to me. I know he's technically a Sam, but I, I don't, you know, I think he's an end. You know, he's he's rarely, if ever, going to be in coverage. And so, <laughs> uh, I think, I think depth wise, I, I think that it's going to be. I think they could actually be better. I just think it's more of a question of, you know, do those top two can those top two guys replace? I'm optimistic that they can come very close because <laughs> again, I, we talked about this. Well, last week, I guess, uh, that that Aiden Hutchinson, I think, is due to have – I think he's going to have a big breakout. Is he not year. just on he, that track, like ex, like literally the exact track? I mean, every every star is kind of on. Like, I mean, he, his numbers look very similar to Rashawn Gary's freshman year. Right. And so not only that, but, you know, he's a guy who's kind of been on the upswing basically since he was at the Army game last year before he enrolled early. He came into the Army game, was arguably the best player there, moved way, way up the rankings. In my opinion, based on that performance alone, was probably a five-star guy. I'm not saying that he wasn't or that he was or should have been in the rankings, but at least that week. Mm-hmm. I mean, he beat he beat consistently beat Jackson Carmen, who I think was the nation's top tackler close. Other guys, too, had a great actual game. Came into campus, confidence sky high, uh, you know, and, and so I, I look at it as, you know, I think he's a guy that's going to take a huge leap forward. And then Quiddy Pay is a guy who's already produced, you know. And so yeah. Um, yeah. the question will be, you know, and they've talked a lot about Luigi Villain. And so we'll see what happens there. I just, you know, I think health is always going to be the primary question there. He's always been a physical specimen. He's always been super athletic. He just hasn't had an opportunity to put it together. If he stays healthy, I think there's always a chance that he could break out. I think it'd, it'd take a while. I don't think he's going to walk right in and be yeah, yeah. a high-impact guy just because he's going to have to get used to actually like playing legitimate football again. But there's a chance there. And then you add Dana, who... So what do you think of Dana? I mean, do you have a sense for how excited the staff is with Dana? Cause, they're very, uh, very okay. excited. They're definitely very excited about him. Uh, you know, it's like, it's just funny because when he, when he made the decision to go to Michigan... You know, we did the whole deal about, I think, pro football focus. He was the top-graded defensive lineman returning in college football this year overall. And I (laughs) think maybe to an extent that may have inflated, you know, his his, the perception or the expectations for him a little bit. Because he's, I mean, he did play in the MAC. And I'm not saying that, I mean, there are plenty of MAC guys that go to the NFL every year and that have long NFL careers become great NFL players. But it is going to be a different level of, offensive tackle that he's going to be facing week in and week out. And know, he struggled in his one Big Ten game last year against Michigan State. Right, and like that one I'm still on the middle about because he was their only rusher who was worth a crap, so they probably like double and triple teamed him all game, which is probably why he struggled in that game. Mm-hmm. This At Michigan, he at Michigan, he's, that's the flip side, is that he'll, he's going to get more one-on-ones than he probably ever did at Central Michigan. So, you know, there's that aspect of it too. Again, I think the answer – Almost always is it's in the middle. He's yeah. I don't think he's going to come in and be like an all Big Ten, like all American candidate kind of guy. But I don't think he's just going to be a. Well, Casey uh, Hughes, Wayne Lyons, they've had tr- bad transfers exact, that have exact, not made an impact. 
That's exactly what I was going to say. I didn't sure. want to, you know, but that's, that is what it is. Sorry. He, uh, my apologies. Yeah. I think. <laughs> no, he'd be closer. He'd be closer to like a Rudock impact than a Casey Hughes or a Wayne Lyons. Now I don't know if he'd be, I don't know if it'd be a Rudock impact. If he's a Rudock impact, then Michigan's going to be getting after the quarterback a lot this year. But I'm saying yeah. is like, I think he's closer to that end of the spectrum than he is the opposite end. So yep. yeah. And again, so you had him into the mix and, and like I said, uh, last week, that you know uh, Harbaugh mentioning Welshoff is great too because he was all upside. It's the whole reason they recruited him. And so if he's worked his way into the two deep passing people that yeah yeah that means you have another high upside guy on the edge, you know, and so um and some guys like that, when they get a taste of it, it only pushes them harder. Hmm. You know, and, and I think Welshoff, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how this guy's career pans out because I think he's really the first big-name European dude to come over, you know, with with a decent amount of hype. I know the whole Europe movement, or Barton was just in Europe a couple weeks ago and, and sat in on that whole group of players that where Welshoff kind of worked out and, and got his attention. So I think Welshoff is a guy – don't know him that well, but I feel like he kind of feels like that he has a lot of pressure on, has put a lot of pressure on him to become a great player kind of hmm. for Europe, you know, because like he is kind of the face of that whole movement. And uh, I think there's a real hunger for these, these guys that are going to be coming over with him again, being kind of the primary as like to prove that these guys know how to play. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really intrigued. You know, he was a guy we were kind of we'd heard some good things about. We were kind of waiting on though, and so, like I said, to hear Harbaugh mention him in this presser, I thought was pretty significant because he is he's a very very high upside guy, very very athletic kid, and uh, so and probably yeah. a good guy to have fifth, right? Like let let's say Uche does play more, we can count. Let's say we count him as a DN. So you're looking at Pay Uche, Dana Hutchinson. Valaine. Valaine. So then suddenly, like your your wild cards, which are Valaine and Welshoff, are five and six. Yeah, they're not as yeah. much pressure on those guys. So yeah, exactly. Which is okay because you can get them some snaps, and if you know if they come in and light the world on fire, then you have you know an unlimited amount of a like opportunity to you know be versatile defensively, which we know is what Don Brown is all about. I mean. Yeah. They could put four of those guys on the on the field at the same time if they wanted to in certain sets. I know that's like kind of what Ohio State's on that with their Rushman deal, right? And right. So, well, and Uche, um, Uche and Pay, they did a uh, package where it was Winovich, Gary, and then Uche, Uche or Pay on some of those third and long situations. But yeah, if you have guys coming out the nose, you know, it's that is what it is. So so switching to defensive tackle, I almost think it's like the opposite, where you probably feel confident in Kemp and Dwump for, um, you know, returning guys who played starter level snaps. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. I feel like that's a position where they could really benefit from a rotation. I mean, a lot of Greg Madison's best units have been kind of those those uh, platoons, like, you know, sw- swap everybody out. Uh, did the, I mean, we've heard, we've heard very good things about Donovan Jeter, at least from the coaches and then Mozzie Smith, maybe Chris Hinton once he gets here. I mean, do you when you when you hear these these other guys 
do you feel like that's that they're rotation guys, or is this more of like a solid second string? I guess I'm curious, can they narrow that drop-off gap? Because we've seen health-wise, rotation-wise, they probably want four or more defensive tackles that they feel really good about. Well, so I think it's – is it fair, I think, to say that you have to at least be a little bit concerned about the Dwumfor injury, right? I mean, it sounds yeah. like it's something that – right? So that puts even more pressure on Jeter to take that – like I said, I think uh, we talked about last week uh, that, you know, he was a guy going into spring practice that I thought was their most important player. Well, and we knew that Dwumfor was fighting something, but I, I think – maybe a little bit more of an issue than maybe we first anticipated. He came out and said that, he hurt himself in the Maryland game. Yeah, right, which looking back, like, either, you know, swallow your pride. Like, I don't know who where the ball yeah, was dropped Yeah, there, it's hard to it, say. You, yeah. yeah, it's like, but if that was really the case, then, you know, he shouldn't have played the last few weeks of the season if that was the case. I mean, there's no well, way. He sat out some um, of those games, yeah. Right, but, you know, it's like, Jeter was already kind of the guy I thought was their most important player this spring. Mm -hmm. Now there's like no doubt because you just, it's unclear, you know, this, there's just some murkiness to the Dwumfor situation, right? So yeah, if they, uh, if they don't know what his timetable for return is, you can probably assume they're in a precarious, I think, I think they're in a precarious situation in the middle because history does not look kindly necessarily on D tackles first in their first season. There's not like a long list of guys who made a huge impact their first year in the middle. There's some, but there's not many, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's, so that, and then, you know, all of a sudden you got a lot of pressure on Mozzie Smith who enrolled early Hinton, like you mentioned again, both these guys had great all-star weeks in their respective all-star games. I thought Hinton, I mean, Hinton did the whole, the rare was ranked as a five-star and then kind of dropped for, not really a big reason. I mean, his senior film wasn't spectacular, I guess, but he still dropped kind of far and then actually worked his way back up to about to where he was based on his awesome performance at the, again, I still call it the army game at the army game. Um, you know, so there's that. And we just talked about Hutchinson as a guy, you know, that mm-hmm. used that big leap during his all-star game, kind of, to kind of catapult the momentum onto the field at Michigan. So I just, there's, it's definitely a precarious situation there. I mean, again, think, think about it. Like, what if Kemp gets hurt? I mean, you're that's the one spot where you're an injury away from, like, danger zone, possibly. Yeah, you know, or at least where, an unknown, complete unknown wild like, card ba- zone. Yeah. Right, like baptism by fire for Mozzie Smith at that point, right? I mean, that's really about what it would become. And uh, so, yeah. Or a guy, you know, I think one guy in Harbaugh mentioned him. I think he also was a guy who had surgery who actually probably is serviceable there this season would be a guy like Carl Myers, who was a preferred walk on out of Grand Rapids West Catholic. He's actually played in a few games and uh, has a decent amount of experience. So I think he's a potential guy that could slide in there if need be again, provided he's healthy, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the one spot on the roster where they're like one injury away from just it being it's already relatively precarious, but it would be incredibly precarious if you were to get another injury from a, a guy that you're kind of counting on to get 
snaps and, and yeah. to play at a high level. Yeah, so. that and maybe running back. But but at the same time, as maybe, you mentioned, but... just like running back, you can find different pieces or different types of backs. It's not infeasible for Aiden Hutchinson or somebody to play inside for a couple snaps or go to a three-man front, you know, and, and maybe have a do a you know have an extra yeah. linebacker coming in. I mean, there's way ways. That's to... a possibility, Zach. It has to be, doesn't it? I yeah. mean, how, like at what point do you are you putting a you know a round peg into a square hole where it's like <laughs> okay, we're just gonna put four in there just to have four when your defense would be so much stronger if you yeah if you had a just say you had Gill, Ross, Hudson, and Uche on the field, and then you just you put Kemp in the middle with Hutchinson and pay you know versus taking uche off the field and putting in playing mozzie smith Hutchinson in the, yeah yeah you know so it's like it yeah and that's one saving grace i suppose that they have is that they're they're deeper on the they're deep enough on the edge they're deep enough at linebacker i think especially again and one guy we didn't talk about last week is i'm really interested to see all of a sudden it's like i'm very interested to see how Devin gill looks in the spring game because if he's gotten faster and if he's kind of taken another step, because I, I, I kind of get the sense that I think a lot of people, maybe myself included have kind of just assumed that Cameron McGrone was going to end up. It was like Gill was, he was okay. Oh, right? he you, was good okay. Last year and, I actually assumed Gill's. So maybe I, maybe I just wasn't doing my homework, but well, but McGrone was like, well, McGrone was the number one, outside backer in the country in 18 uh, is, is a guy whose whole game is predicated on speed, which we know that Don Brown likes. And we did, I mean, again, Devin Gill, great kid. He's actually gotten, he's gotten so much better since he first got to campus. Um, but there's just no doubt that he struggled in the Ohio state game mm-hmm. and that he was exploited constantly, you know? And so I think a lot of people have just sort of been kind of assuming or banking that, you know, that McGrone may win that job, you know, at will, and uh, and so, with that in mind, and then hearing what both Don Brown and Harbaugh have said about Devin Gill, is like he's all of a sudden another guy that I'm really interested to see mm-hmm. uh, what he does in the spring game. If again, who knows? We might not, we probably won't see crap in the spring game, but well, he was a guy that maybe at least last week was stated as banged up, has missed a few practices. Him and Josh Ross both. Right. So well, banged up. That's a right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. But, well, but you don't know, you know if he's going to play. But yeah, yeah. Right, right. Okay, yeah. But I'm saying, like, as a guy, I guess I just say I'm very interested to see, I don't know, maybe come fall camp, who's winning that battle then. I mean, it's just I'm interested to see where he, where this goes at, at will. You know, just because, like I said, I, I just kind of feel like the sense has always been that McGrone, because, you know, he did, he, came, he was the, and not, not only that, he was the only linebacker they signed in 2018. I mean, you know that they didn't sign anybody else at any backer spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting, but there's versatility there, though, is what we're getting at, right? So if there's if the edge, if the interior struggles, or there's another injury, I feel like they're deep enough at linebacker to where they can maneuver some things around and still be very, very good. Yeah. Well, you segued us in, into the linebacker talk because I think I, I was done talking about the defensive line. Um, sure. So, yeah, I think I think there's it's interesting because it almost seems like Sam and Viper are on a different planet than Mike and Will. Uh, I think 
I, personally, big question, McGrone and Anthony are really highly rated recruits or were really highly rated recruits, have been understandably lower on the depth chart because it was a loaded group. But this is probably a, a year for both of them to really, I mean, you know, I don't think anyone's dissatisfied with Josh Ross, but he's not Devin Bush. So there is an opening. Maybe they rotate. Maybe they, as you said, they, they utilize the fact that they have less of a drop-off. So I'm curious to see what their roles are this year. I mean, as both both guys, you know, I know we always say the, the fall camp standouts, the spring standouts almost always pan out, under at least under Harbaugh. But these are two guys that, the, you know, Highly high recruits have tinkered in these in these position battles a little bit, but do they step up? I think that's you know Ross and Gill. There's a lot of pressure on them, but I think I think a big factor in this linebacker play is going to be. Well, I guess you could put all four of them in the same category, but two of them got to step up and be you know bona fide. Probably somewhere in the you know third team honorable mention All Big Ten at the least. Uh, if this defense is going to stay the, as good as it has been. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, that's the thing. It's funny. Like, so Don Brown comes out and says he thinks this defense faster than last year. And, of course, the immediate reaction is there's no possible way it can be faster than last year because Devin Bush is not on the team anymore, <laughs> as if their defense last year was 11 Devin Bushes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're, you're not going to replace him, right? I mean, that's a pretty that's right. a given. So I think any added pressure on Ross is almost a little unfair. I think not not added pressure, but um, like just comparing the two, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think Ross can be effective in a di- different ways, maybe than Bush was. I don't think he's going to have. I mean, yeah, he's. I think he's solid sideline to sideline. But again, Devin Bush has worked his way into the potential being a potential top five pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a team in the country that has That's you know, another guys one. Like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so. Um, you know, so I, yeah, there's obviously there's going to be well, there's pressure on all these guys, but Ross is going to have to, you know, step forward in that role. I thought he's a guy, another guy. Again, I don't put any stock into the outcome of the bowl game, but he was another guy I thought individually that played pretty solid in that game. I think hmm. he had like 11 or 12 tackles in the. He stack. did. He had some misses it, too, but well, getting it right. But yeah. again, I mean, it was just I didn't realize like, and that was kind of the interesting thing. So I was like, him and Gill pretty much split snaps at will, but that was actually his first start ever Oh, at any backup okay. position. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's according to the MGO, MGOblue.com, hmm. which I don't know why they would lie, right? No, so, I don't think they would lie. Um, yeah, no, you, know, you know them, like always lying about who started. But um, so, you know, first, first starting experience, yes, there were some struggles. But again, I think there was a lot of positives to take out of it too. Again, in a game where, like I said, I don't, think the outcome or what happened in that game matters one iota as far as 2019 goes mm-hmm. so um otherwise like i said I've said it a few times i think hudson is due for a big bounce. well i was just gonna say our next question because i think yeah. if you're talking about replacing devin bush you don't do that but one thing that'll help you get a lot closer is Kalik hudson i think at his ceiling is a first round pick caliber viper yep. linebacker safety i'm not sure where he would what NFL teams would see in him, but his speed, size, strength, I mean, it's its off the charts. You've seen him. He can look like a heat-seeking missile at times. Uh, and, and, and don't forget, a year ago at this time, 
Bush and Hudson were viewed as 1A and 1B. I, I We said the same thing about the tight ends. There was a time where Gentry and McCune were seen as equals, and they were good equals, and, and it's the same with Bush and Hudson. It's not like they're both so-so and Bush ascended. But Hudson, maybe a slight step back last year, but if, he, if everything hits for him, I don't think All-American first-round pick is out of the question. I mean, he... He might be the key cog for this entire defense to work. Is if, is if he has a, uh, his best season this year. Let's say that if he has his best season this year, don't see a reason why Michigan can't have another top ten defense. But curious, you know 100%. what his what his track is and how he gets there. No, they'll make up. Yeah, that's the thing. They'll make up for the departure of Devin Bush. It'll be, um, you know, like. 20% Ross and 40% Hudson. You know what I mean? It's like these guys will play mm-hmm. at a good enough level to where as a unit they can kind of overcome the loss of a great player, if that makes sense. So, yeah. um, And Hudson, yeah, is definitely the guy who has to step up. I think he will step up. I Like I said, I again, we've talked about it a few times, but a guy that I think the coaches would say, if they were honest, I think Hudson himself would say, if he were honest, that last year was a disappointment. So, um, having a having the the real Hudson, I guess, back in 2019, I think means that yeah, that the road to repeating defensive performance from last year is not as at linebacker specifically is not as difficult to overcome as people think it'll be. Uh, mm-hmm. Despite again, Devin Bush is a once every what I maybe even more at the, you know when we look back. I mean, again, you just don't get guys like that every year, and so. You know, that's it's going to have to be a yeah, it's going to have to be a uh, an a unit wide effort to kind of replace what he's left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, as we said, Hudson Hudson can carry a lot of that load. I mean, have you have you heard anything about you know because he really bulked up last off season, and I think there are benefits to that, but. I don't know, maybe he was a step slower or something. I mean, have you heard anything about what his approach is or what his plan is? I'm sure he's motivated. This was a guy who probably thought he was going to be preparing for the NFL draft at this time last year. or you know, At, at one point, I think he thought he was going to be three and out. So obviously, he's, he's motivated. I'm curious, like, is, there a, is there a mission for him or a, or a set plan for how he can get back to, not even get back to, just, you know, pick up where he left off as you said last week uh, I think it's just more about playing within yourself type deal I think it mm-hmm. is because the the athletic physical stuff like that's a given with him that's never been a that wasn't an issue the day he stepped on campus as a freshman I mean he was a col- he looked like a college player probably his whole senior year of high school okay I mean you've seen the video of him like that one video of him jumping over that I can't, I'll never forget that, that and Donovan Peoples Jones video when he was like in seventh grade jumping over a fence yeah (laughs) gliding over recruit yeah those are the two recruit like random athletic feet videos that i'll never forget and the other one's hudson like just completely jumping over guys like so physically he's already been there i I, again and this is a speculation on my part or a guesswork but i feel relatively good about it like i think it was more of a mental thing for him last year than it was Hmm. whether that was Again, I don't want to say too much because I don't. I don't really know. I just I get it. I get the impression that it was much more on the 
mental side of the game than it was the physical side, you know, because like I said, he's, he's already there physically. That's not even a question. Right. He wasn't hurt last year. He didn't play hurt. It wasn't a deal like that. So, um, yeah. Cause like you said, you know, it could be a deal. Like you said, like a guy like that, maybe his eyes were already, maybe he was kind of looking ahead of year. I don't know. I assume that's got to happen with some guys. It'd be hard not to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just thinking how, how I would do in those shoes. It'd be really hard to, well, keep working you Tariq, <laughs> yeah you see tree black like tweeting about this is his last year being broke you know and it's like well he's obviously got one eye on the nfl already right and it's like so i think it's that's a risk you know, that's a bold choice i mean you know right right, right. Well, that's more what, power but to that's him but yeah. like i but some guys can some guys exude that confidence and build off it maybe some guys exude that confidence and don't again kind of speculating there a little bit but again i, I do know that there was you know, that he did not have the 2018 that I think either he or the coaching staff was hoping yeah. he would. So, and, and, and I'm trying to kind of piece it together because, again, like I said, it was not physical. Like, he is fast. He's strong. Uh, you know, that, and that, so that stuff's not an issue. So I assume it could have been just something on the mental side of the ball. What's the uh, Harbaugh quote that he had with Sainer still last week is a lot of good things going on there. Just don't inhale it. So, um, sure. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Anyway, uh, on to the secondary. We can start at corner. I mean, I feel like there's no more questions about Lavert Hill. I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any questions about him. You know, I think. Think. Um, you probably feel like all the rising sophomores and incoming freshmen are on track. I mean, Harbaugh, you know, mentioned Vincent Gray. Uh, we've been kind of talking about Vincent Gray for a long time. And I think this is going to sound repetitive because we just did it with another player. But I feel like the big question with the cornerbacks, can Ambry Thomas be a lockdown, all Big Ten type of cornerback? Because I think I think their backups are going to be solid. You know, they're going to be Harbaugh guys. They're going to be guys that, that Michigan spent time recruiting. Because, you know, we talk about when we say, oh, they have all Harbaugh. Well, they had Vinovich or they had uh, some of these other guys or they had, you know, Tyree Kinnell from 2015 or whatever. The 2015 class was very abbreviated. You know, those weren't guys that they've been looking at for years. And so this is also a year, even though they've got 2015 guys still on the roster, I think. They might not have that many, actually. But I think, there's, I think it's just Runyon. Wow. I mean, that's so. I so think, this is. Well, I'm looking. I'm, I'm literally looking right now, but I'm about 80% sure that Runyon's the only one left. Which is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just so, Runyon. So, so I mean, you're talking about, wow, that's a really young team. Holy cow. But, I mean, you're talking about a team full of guys that they've they've really – so I feel like that cornerback, you know, and, and don't forget Zordich has his type as well. He wants those long-limbed 6'2", 6'3", guys. Don Brown loves them too. You know, the ball-hawking, long arms, fast legs type of players. And so I feel like, you know, guys like uh, uh, Miles Sims and uh, Jalen Perry – and there's probably a whole bunch more that I'm I'm just don't have the list in front of me, but I feel like they've got a lot of guys that they like there, and I think Vincent Gray is a part of that mold. But Ambry Thomas definitely has the highest ceiling. I mean, he's from the Lavert Hill, Jordan Lewis pipeline, reportedly the fastest player on the team. We'll see if that's still true this spring, but that was true last summer. Getting to talk to some of the players about that, but obviously he. You know, wasn't their number three cornerback last season, and Brandon Watson was. So there's there's work to be done. So to me, the biggest question at corner is, 
you know, how good can Ambry Thomas become? Like technically sound, there's more to it. Young cornerbacks struggle all the time. Uh, you know, it's it's that's that's very well documented. Ask Channing Stribling, ask Jordan Lewis, you know, ask a lot of people. Uh, but if he can if he can be really good, I mean, you know, they've already got one lockdown type cornerback. Can they find a second one? Yeah, that, I feel like cornerbacks relatively cut and dry. Feels like they have a a clear three. Yeah. Right. Kind of like what you said. Uh, maybe the other question is who who's the four who can get to sure. four right <laughs> Just in case something happened you know in case most of our questions or... are how good is X player going to be or how many of playable pieces do they have I mean it's right same same formula so right but it, I mean but you know it's not always the case though because like but the, the I think where it's getting we're getting to the point with the this program where there if it's a if they're replacing so like a David like a David Long the guys that are coming in to replace are like second and third year guys at this point. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. throwing a freshman. You know, and if a freshman does well enough and earns it, more power to him. But it's not. It's not. It's usually you know, like you look at the offensive line the same way. It's like all your back, both your backups are second year guys. On the interior, you have a couple guys who are in their third year who could probably be starting for a lot of other programs. You know, it's like that. Just feels like. You know that that's where they're they're finally getting to that point, and I think that's really important. You know, and so, like I said, the question could be, yeah, you know, I was like, what about Miles Sims or Jamon Green or uh, even a Jalen Perry who mm-hmm. enrolled early as a true freshman? So, who's going to spell that third? Because you know there'll be a lot of instances where all three of those guys will be on the field, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the other big question. But yeah, I agree. I think the primary question has to be Ambry Thomas and what he's going to become. Otherwise, I think it is. It's more about, you know, who's who are some of the other guys, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, we talked about Ambry a little bit last week. If you missed it, uh, go check out the podcast page, wherever you check out your podcasts. And so um, kind of high ceiling, really high ceiling, high potential. You know, he's always been tied to Lavert Hill and Jordan Lewis. Many believe he could be the best when it all comes together. Just a matter of how much of it comes together and how much of that's this season. Uh, safety, last one. I feel like you feel pretty good about this position. I mean, Josh Metellus, I think, I don't know what his exact Big Ten distinctions were. He felt like a second team-ish player to me last year. I thought he had some really good games. I know he struggled or kind of hurt Michigan against Notre Dame, and I think he had one other game where he struggled uh, early on, but seemed like things really came together for him. I Jameric Woods, I mean, and, and Brad Hawkins, I thought both had very good moments. Like, you feel like this is what you're talking about. It's not, you're not replacing it with a total, you're not replacing departing starters with total wild cards. Even if they are experienced, sometimes you just don't know what you're going to get. You kind of have a sense for what you're going to get from Hawkins and, and Woods. And and obviously, and this is, this is how I'll phrase my big question. Can the current group beat out Daxton Hill? Because I I think Daxton Hill, I mean, didn't Nick Saban call him the best safety? Now, talk is cheap, but the best safety recruit he's ever recruited. I mean, he runs a computer-timed 4-3. He'll add some weight, so that might go, that might, he might slow down a little bit. But, you know, this is a 43-inch vertical leap 
I mean, this is a guy who has top 10 pick written all over him. And so, but he's not experienced. So to me, could I think be, it could be, could be, yeah, could be talking about him the same way we were talking about Devin Bush. Yeah. And I think it's like, as far as like yeah, it's right. decently likely. I mean, if you go look at Michigan or the Big Ten's top safety recruits, it's a pretty, it's a safer hit rate as long as their heads are on straight, right? They're not doing, you know, extracurricular things that they shouldn't be doing. It's a pretty safe position for five stars. Because some five star, you know, like offensive linemen, wild card, quarterback, wild card, defensive linemen can be sometimes. Safety, I looked at the other top safeties at one point, and it was a lot of guys who are on Pro Bowl rosters right now. Um, yeah. So, you know, to me, I think if 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 Daxon Hill isn't the starter, I almost see that like as a win for Michigan because that means that their current guys are good enough to win you a lot of football games, you know, either be it experience, be it talent. Uh, it just seems like seems like it's Hill versus the field for that Kennel and Nickel, Kennel replacement spot and the Nickel spot, but the field's not bad. You know, it's it's a good group. I just, I wonder what the, what the next step for some of those guys who haven't started yet is. So my question I mean, it's again safety. There's only two spots, so it's yeah. pretty. You know, it's much more concentrated than pretty much any other position on defense. But um, is who the real Jameric Woods is? Hmm. Just because I don't want to ask a question about Daxon Hill like you did, because I think that is kind of the obvious overriding question. Right, is right. <laughs> what, what, how will Will Hill just walk on and to the field and start in, at fall camp? So Woods has had kind of like an up and down. You know, because like he remember he started the Outback Bowl against South Carolina. He did over Metellus, yeah, yeah. And and so there was you know, and he's a guy. I, I think hearing them have hearing that Brad Hawkins is slotted into the nickel again. I look at that the same way. I think we talked last week about that Ronnie Bell taking the returner spots means that Michigan feels good about what they see at Ambry out of Ambry Thomas at cornerback. I kind of maybe look at it the same way as far as if they slide Nick uh, Hawkins over to nickel, that means they must feel pretty good about how Woods is performing at the other safety. That's spot. true. That's true. Now, I like Tyree Kinnell a lot. He was one of my favorite. He's honestly one of my favorite players I've ever covered at Michigan. He was one of the first younger recruits I ever covered. Uh, was a guy who was a really good kid, came from a good program, good family and all that. Very I do think right for Michigan as far as like what people want in players too. Yeah. Yeah. Um that being said, I do think Michigan may end up being better at that spot this season. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and and again, whether that's Hill or not, uh I just I do think that it's a spot that Michigan may end up you know, maybe getting some more production out of in 2019 and going forward. So, you know, so that's, to me, it's like, yeah, Ken Woods sees that spot, you know, and, and like I said, having Hawkins, they, I mean, they moved Hawkins out and have met nickel now, I think is a pretty good indication that, you know, that they must like what they've seen out of him so far. So, you know, he started the bowl game against Florida too, Woods did. Uh, so he seems to turn it on. He didn't start. Kennel, Kennel no. started. Oh, wait, no, he came. That's right. He spelled. But, that's what it was. Yeah. But Kennel was really but, struggling you, mentally, right. physically, and so they put Woods in. Yeah. Right. So for some reason, 
Jameric Woods just really seems to turn it on around bowl time every year. It sounds like so, <laughs> um, you know. So, you know. So how he if he can seize that job? I mean, it is. I think that's really because again, Metellus is set. It's set in stone. I mean, nobody's taking that spot from him this year. He might be one of the captains. He's probably going to be either way. He'll be a leader in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I think there's really no questions about the strong safety spot right now. It's really about that other side. So, you know, there's such a limit. There are like a limited amount of questions you can ask. And so mine is more about Woods than it is Hill. Mm-hmm. Hill will be the starter there someday. You know, the question is this, will it be, I don't know when their opener is, August 31st or Something whatever. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, like, or will it be, you know, October? You know, it's just so that I think that's really uh, kind of where it's at. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I, th- I, I would, I would think so. Because even if, even if Hill wins the starting job, Woods and Hawkins, big years for them. I mean, it's, they're gonna be tasked with doing something. Yeah. <laughs> so, big time. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, special teams. I don't. We can keep this quick because I don't have much. I mean, it's who's the kicker. Uh, they, well, they actually were a big position battle though, isn't it? Sort of. I was surprised. Do you think there's a battle there? Well, Harbaugh has said there is. You know, it's I I guess we'll see, but it's I really just thought they had moved on from Nordeen and that it was going to be Moody's job, but I think the fact that it's neck and neck, Harbaugh's words suggest Nordeen has figured some things out. Maybe, maybe he didn't. He has the, yeah, he has the ceiling to be the best kicker in college football. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's why I mean, he was he's a guy ranked that as you such. Want. Yeah, like he's a guy that you, as good as Moody, I mean, obviously, it, I guess with kicker, it doesn't really matter who wins. You just want a guy that's going to hit it. But, I mean, <laughs> Nordine's a guy that can win you. I mean, how many how many did he hit in his first ever game? Four, five yeah, against two Florida? two from 50 yards. Two of which were like, yeah, it's like he has like kind of game-changing potential, whereas Moody is more of your, and I don't mean this badly, but he, Moody's more of your kind of standard steady kicker you know and Nordine is more of your this guy can kind of change the game if he's on his if he's on you know and so I think it quietly very quietly because special teams never gets any attention uh quietly one of the more intriguing battles as it is as long as they're both still competing against each other I think Mm -hmm. it's gonna be really interesting to see could be a back and forth deal all year who knows you know, so yeah, you're right. You're right, but yeah, I, I honestly, because yeah, all the other special teams, Donovan Peoples-Jones was the Big Ten's best punt returner last year. Will Hart, we could argue about it. He was a great, great punter for Michigan last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think Ronnie Bell. Frankly, I saw him in the Peach Bowl. It's like that. That he should probably be their kick returner from here on out. You know, sure. and that's. We we talked about it. Some of it is because he's not going to play as a every snap role elsewhere. But also, I just think yeah, he's that, good at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's still a that does regardless of that. I mean, that's still a that's a big role to have though as a returner. I mean, that's a especially punt returner. Mm-hmm. Man, punt returner is so important from a field position. We we talked. It's one of my favorite things to talk about was how valuable Jabril Peppers was as a punt returner, not just because. Of his, not just because he, you know, could score could a touchdown here or there, but yeah. It was a lot about, 
like I said, he, you know, there'd be balls that would be kicked away from him that he would run under and that he was able to get to that could have saved them 15, 20 yards of field position easy, you know, and there's so much value in that that never gets talked about and stuff. So it's a huge responsibility to be back there. So it gets and I don't talked know, like, about. Just right. But what about, <laughs> you know, I know Peoples Jones hasn't practiced. So is he, I would assume, though, that if he's healthy, he's got to be the guy at punt, though, right? I mean, yeah, I I think so. I think um, you are in a luxury if you're Michigan. If Ronnie Bell, sure. I don't know what he looks like as a punt returner, but he's got some good start and stop ability. Because that is a little different. Kick returner, it's almost like you want like a guy who can break a couple tackles, but is mostly just really fast. Punt returner, you do want someone that's shifty, really heady. You know, I know Grant Perry at times when he was at Michigan was getting looked at as a as a punt returner. I th- frankly, I think if you're Michigan, you ask Donovan. You say, "Would you like to return punts?" And if he says yes, then sure. you then you have him do it. And if not, then you go on to Ronnie Bell and you don't really worry about it. I kind of I I tend to agree. And like you said, you got Saner still there now too. Like they're they've Michigan has just gotten so much better athletically that you now have options in those spots, I feel like. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like before, it was like when it was Jabril, I think the drop-off from Jabril and whoever would have been backing him up was massive. And that's not just because he was so good, but like, you know, say like replacement level, probably the backup was probably like below like a replacement level. Yeah, it's probably, I think okay. Jordan Lewis was the replacement kick returner. Um, oh, well, okay, maybe not then. Well, but he hasn't returned a kick in the NFL. Like, you know, like it's not like there's... I don't know. Sure. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like, and you just didn't know what it was going to be. I feel like, I feel like Ronnie Bell is someone that, like, if if Peoples Jones doesn't want to return punts, I think you could really specialize Ronnie Bell as like, I mean, because he's going to do stuff on offense, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be one of the top four most targeted receivers, I would think, barring injury. And so he can really turn that into his craft at least for this next season so i don't think that's the worst situation for michigan to be in no not at all you got giles jackson too i don't yeah. know like that's where that's where you're really if you're a fan like to me you're you're really getting excited because you just have you're starting to get athletes upon athletes you know that across the board but like you know because i think you know we've talked a lot about saner still and harbaugh has too you know like i think jackson was a guy that many thought would still be have the better chance of being an instant impact guy even though he wasn't enrolling early right so mm-hmm. it's like you got you know and like you said yeah you got, got bell i mean it's just you got a lot of those types of guys right now and that's that's where you want to be all right so anyway uh that will do it for this podcast uh hopefully you enjoyed the defensive breakdown uh about as thorough and thoughtful as you can get I mean, we don't toot our own horns but anyway for steve lorenz i'm zach shaw check out all of our stuff for the spring game and for a whole lot more over at themichiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Either way you get there is fine. Uh, We write a lot more than we podcast, so hopefully you can check it out both before and after the spring game. It should be an interesting event no matter what we see. Thank you for listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next week.